You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to Episode 36 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking lip-smacking meat snacks and culinary inspiration with Chef Ryan Farr, founder and CEO of 4505 Meats. Ryan is a chef, butcher, entrepreneur, author, and educator who founded 4505 Meats in 2009 as a whole animal company dedicated to sustainability and community. Today, Ryan and his team partner with small farmers and ranchers to produce high-quality food through the company's packaged products and its restaurant, 4505 Burgers and Barbecue in San Francisco. Ryan's first product, 4505 Chicharrones, initially were made in his apartment kitchen and sold to local bars. Known by fans as crispy clouds of porkaliciousness, these became the first all-natural pork rinds to market with placement in North California, Whole Foods locations, and other Bay Area retailers. Today, you can find 4505 Chicharrones and 4505 Cracklins, which are fried pork curlicues, in over 6,000 retailers nationwide. The company is also introducing a new line of premium sausage snacks. The 4505 Butcher's Snacks line features all-natural butcher-quality sausage links in three flavors crafted with two ounces of high-quality humanely raised pork and packed with 18 to 24 grams of protein per serving. 4505 Meats only sources humanely raised vegetarian-fed pork without added antibiotics from U.S. family farms. The company's premium lines of chicharrones and butcher's snack sausage links are made in partnership with a number of U.S. manufacturers. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Ryan. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is great. Exciting. This is a great time of the day for us to talk. I'm all on it with some keto-friendly action. Mm-hmm. Thinking about these sausage snacks is making me think, mm, as soon as we're off, maybe I'll be imbibing a little bit in that kind of porkaliciousness. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's get a little background. Like, Where do you get your culinary inspiration when it comes to meaty snacks? And what do you like most about being a chef and a butcher? I get inspiration from all over. I say with my, the main thing is just always follow my stomach. You know, whenever I'm hungry, I just kind of let that lead me. But, you know, I definitely, this company was founded as you know, a whole animal utilization company. And even before I started 4505, you know, being in restaurants, that was the, the challenge was to utilize the whole animal and really was exciting for me to come up with all these different ways of doing that. And, and with the chicharrones, you know, the skin was always kind of the most challenging part because I couldn't just put it on a plate like a pork chop and come up with unique ways that were delicious and tasty was just a big source of inspiration for me. And then being able to see people's reactions and smiles on their face and, you know, happy bellies is just keeps me going. And that's really, you know, I still do it today and love what I do and what we do. And the meat snack category, you know, as, as a butcher in 
we first started the company and utilizing the whole animal and finding all these different ways to use it in, in a sustainable way for a business, not only a sustainable way for a farm and, and ranch was really, you know, how can we make something that's delicious and not waste any of the extra trim and, and pieces like that. But at the same time, being able to give ourselves all the deliciousness that excites our belly. I mean, it's easy just to eat something for a substance and, you know, say, uh, eat to live, but uh, I definitely live to eat. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just did an interview with Daniel and Diana Clark at Certified Angus Beef, and we talked a lot about underutilized cuts because they're both butchers and meat scientists. It was amazing the list of parts of animals that are underutilized yeah. and this real desire, you know, on the part of butchers across America to really make use of all the parts. So I know you are famously a champion of whole animal butchery. So will you tell us a little bit more then about this butchery approach and its connection to sourcing? Yeah, I mean, it's relationships and supporting small businesses. And the sourcing is, you know, I like to say you got to plan your work and work your plan and it starts with the sourcing. And when you're buying whole animals, it's, it's not easy, but you have everything in front of you at, at one moment. So you can say, I'm going to do this with that. I'm going to do this with that and, and, and kind of put everything together, which, so you're not creating any sort of waste. But when you're sourcing and you're sourcing one muscle for one item and another muscle for another item or skin for pork rinds, you know, you got to keep everything together and keep everything in mind. So for us the you know, we really got to look at sourcing of, okay, we're going to buy the shoulders here for the barbecue restaurant. We're going to buy the skins here for the chicharrones. We're going to, you know, have these the trim for making sausages. And it's really taken that next level and really trying to do our part whenever it's possible to do sourcing the the whole animal and it goes back to that lesson before the relationship and it's the respect to the animal and respect to the to the rancher and the farmer and everybody that's involved in between. That's why I've always just loved it so much is those relationships and the relationships to the craft as well. How important do you think whole animal agriculture is in terms of reducing food waste and maybe promoting a more sustainable way of using the animal? It's so important. That's right there it would eliminate so much waste or, you know, nothing at the end of the day really gets wasted. It might get kind of sold off for pennies, but it will end up in a freezer or in some other way that's not consumed by humans. And and so it is really important. That's for sure the goal. But I mean, for us, we want everything fresh as possible. If something is frozen, you might have, it might be the right price for whatever your business is and your margins are, but it's not going to result in a superior product. And therefore, you're not going to result in a, a really positive consumer's experience or, or your family's experience. It's really important to, to support that any way you can. And, and usually you can figure out butcher shops are and grocery shops are doing by either kind of looking at the case or just talking to the butchers too, supporting any way you can. This new line of Butcher Snacks Sausage Links. I did take a look on the website. I could see as a meat stick that it is a substantial snack. And I know that you've got three different flavors. They all sound absolutely delicious. One's like original recipe. There's a cheddar and bacon and red hot, which sounds fantastic. So what were the drivers for the concept and the considerations that went into product development, formulation, or flavor selection for these products? Yeah. 
Well, now I can just start talking for about 30 minutes because this is kind of like a rabbit hole for me. But, you know, the the thing that's beautiful about sausage and the sausage making book that I wrote, it, we talk a lot about the formulation of the recipes. And so everything is is in percentages. And so, you know, if you're butchering a whole animal, you are always going to have a random amount of trim or, or shoulder or whatever you want type of cut you want to use for that sausage and so then you can plug it in and since it's all formulated you'll be able to scale the recipe perfectly and so that right there is one of the reasons why really wanted to get this product these products out there so that we were furthering our support in whole animal utilization but we've been making meat sticks since the beginning when we had the butcher shop and the company's 12 years old now and so many different versions of who we are and but we've always really stayed true to technique driven products and and high quality meats. And so the flavors themselves are sausages that we serve at the restaurant. And so, well, the original is, is a new one, but I've created that recipe before. But the cheddar brat and the red hot are two sausages we served at the restaurant for a long time. And they're really popular and they're delicious. And so coming up with that formulation was fairly simple because we've already had that recipe solid. And so we just had to make some adjustments to be able to make it in a USDA facility into a butcher snack opposed to a fresh smoked sausage. The original is based off of my love for bratwurst. And I just love that kind of like simple pork sausage. It's really familiar. It's not too adventurous flavor profile wise. And I thought it was a really good recipe to use for our original. And my kids love it. And the size wise, I would get up at 4.30 in the morning every day to go butcher the animals. And, you know, by 9, 9.30, I was starving. I was hungry. You know, the coffee's starting to wear off and my belly's growling. And I'm like, okay, I need something to eat. I don't want to like, a, I mean, as much as I love croissants and danishes, you know, I need something that's going to like keep me going. And so I would just grab one of our meat sticks and start eating it. And, and the ones we were making before were very similar to the sausage sticks we're making now. And, and so that's kind of stems of the name, the butcher snack, because that was literally my snack. That was a butcher's snack. And so, you know, two ounces, it's thick, it's delicious. And I've never had much time to be able to sit down and eat while I'm working. So it was a perfect something to grab and, and give me the energy that I need to, to go another, you know, four hours or so work until I needed to have another snack and keep going. So, so yeah, it's, and really what excites me about this too is I feel that the mystic category has kind of been stuck in, in margins for you know, a long time. As much as margins in business is important to us, you know, the consumer's experience is, is really what's most important to me. And high quality meats and high quality technique is what's important to me. And so I do feel that there's some pretty skinny, greasy, sawdusty sticks out there. And I think that we're doing a good job of getting out there and presenting something a little different to the consumer, but at the same time, very familiar. That was what our objective was with Chicharrones as well. And, and so we really are going to continue to deliver with what we're known for, which is you know, you know high quality products for folks. I'm really pumped about these butcher <laughs> snacks. I mean, it's interesting that you've had such great response to not only the Chicharrones, but the Cracklins, you know, and you have some other sort of meat snacks that are on the crunchy fried side. So this is kind of a bit of a departure. You sort of leveled up into the meat stick category. And I'm just wondering, is that part of your whole animal butchery philosophy, you know, that you were just trying to utilize more trimmings, you know, in a packaged product? Yeah. I mean, as the category grows, 
And as our business grows and folks are only interested in purchasing and consuming humanely raised meats and antibiotic-free meats, we need to support our own selves. And so by creating the butcher snacks, we're also supporting the ranchers that are, are taking the time to raise humanely raised meats and do all the right things. So then if we're supporting them in, in multiple different ways, then we're going to grow. They're going to grow. Quality meats is going to grow even more than it has already. I mean, every, every year it grows more and more. And it's just really awesome to be part of that and something I'm really, really proud of. And I know all of us in the company, the 4505 family are past and present. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you, you know, and you may have answered this a little bit about what excites you about this growing meat snacks market, but what's your vision for 4505 meats in that market? Ultimately, what excites me is happy people and happy bellies and just continuing to, to deliver that to folks and giving them value at an approachable price and something that's delicious. And that has been the mission from the beginning was, okay, you know, we could go and make something that is, you know, way out of price for everybody. Or, you know, we can go and do the complete opposite, but it's like, okay, let's just be right in the middle where we can deliver, we can make a difference and it's approachable. That has always, you know, been the goal and that's going to continue to be the goal. And, and we're just not going to stop at that. We're all having fun. That's what matters. I'm delighted that you're moving into sausage links. I, I think sausage is just one of the best meat products you can consume. I really cannot let this opportunity pass by to pick the brain of the author of the definitive guide to sausage. Tell me, Brian, what is the secret sauce to making great sausage? And do you have any cooking tips and how to get restaurant quality meat dishes at home? Yeah. First, you need to buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of secrets. It's all basically just kind of following some simple techniques and really understanding you know, your grinder is important. Being able to find some quality meats is important. And this day and age, it is fairly, it's much easier to find some quality meats. When I say quality, I don't necessarily mean humanely raised or or antibiotic free. It's more of like, was the meat cared for before it came into the case? Like, was it frozen before? If it was frozen, it's not going to hold all the fat in the water as much as it would if it was fresh. And that's really what you want when you're making sausage. You want to suspend fat and water in the protein of of the meat. Just like little things that you can do will make a sausage you know, much better at the end result. And, and the other kind of big thing is making sure while you're processing the meat is that everything is nice and cold. All your ingredients are nice and cold. And in the book, we have some recipes and online, there's a lot of recipes. But if you are butchering a whole animal or you have a random amount of shoulder or trim, you know, when I say trim, I mean, you know, what is trimmed off when you're, you know, butchering the pork chops and the bellies and all that. Formulas are, are really important. Everything we do is in, in percentage. So that's a really helpful thing as well. And the other kind of really easy thing to do is, is just kind of cooking slow. Take your time with the whole process, but especially when you're cooking the sausage, a lot of times what I like to do with the sausage that's more kind of emulsified which means more kind of similar to like a hot dog than like a breakfast sausage. Not totally pureed, like a hot dog farce is. I would poach the sausage in you know beer or in water. And basically that's just bringing the water up to a boil, putting your raw sausage in there, turning the heat off, closing it and just letting it sit in there. 
And depending on how much sausage you have and how much water is in there, it's going to cook when you for 10 to 20 minutes or so. And it's going to cook gently because the temperature is not rising anymore since you turn the burner. So it's, it's slowly kind of cooling down. But in the time in that process cooling down, it's cooking the meat. And it's a really way, great way of gently cooking the sausage. And the other thing, if you're grilling a sausage, everybody loves the grill marks and grill marks are great. Looks really cool. You know, it's great for Instagram pictures and all that. But, you know, you don't want to cook the sausage all the way on the hot part of the grill. So if you go ahead and get your grill marks, just kind of put it on the side and it's going to take two or three times longer than it would normally. You're really looking for a nice kind of firmness in the sausage. And so you want to like let it cook slowly, get that indirect heat opposed to the direct heat from being directly over the, over the burner or your charcoals or whatever. Because what will end up happening is if you if you do cook it really fast, and this has happened to me, you know, a bunch of times, and I think that's a common thing that happens with folks is right where that sear mark is, the protein, the meat inside will start to expand, the the water, the juices inside will start to boil, and then psh, 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 you got your juices shooting out, and you want to try to retain all those juices the best you can. So cooking it slow on the side in the grill or you know next to whatever you're doing on the grill is definitely going to result in a, a much better texture, a juicier sausage. You're still going to have a nice snap. That's the recommendation there. And, you know, if you have question of like, is it done or not? Because I know that's a really common thing and you're not supposed to cut into the sausage or poke the sausage. But if you do, it's not a big deal. Just cook an extra one, you know, have a snack while you're cooking, you know. So if you're like kind of second guessing if it's cooked or not, just, yeah, just take your knife and cut it and if it's still kind of raw on the side in the middle, then keep it back on there or, or just take a little bite, pass around, get people hungry, get tease their bellies a little bit, you know, so cook an extra sausage if you even need that. That's a great tip. I've probably mentioned this on too many podcasts, but my husband, his whole life has been taken over by pellet grilling. He is like becoming a master of pellet grilling. And I have not had better meat in my life <laughs> and yeah. this slow smoke cooking yep. process, but he hasn't done sausages yet. But it sounds mm -hmm. to me like the pellet grill might be a great place oh, to yeah. do some sausages. <laughs> Definitely. Well, especially because you're controlling the environment. And that's what is uh, really key to, to cooking meat slow and low. And so, yeah, those are, those are a lot of fun. I bet you're having some good meals there. <laughs> well, before that, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to try out these sausage links. I'm already, I'm already on board with the butcher's yeah. line. <laughs> oh man, my kids love them. And that's, that's my kind of how I gauge if it's tasty or not, as if my kids, my kids love them and they're, they're asking for them, which is not always the case with my kids. Usually it's like, come on guys, like eat this thing. You need to eat. Like, you're looking hangry right now. I'm excited that you're excited. I'm really pumped and, and <laughs> looking forward uh, to getting these in people's hands. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for being on Meeting Pod today. Yes. And listeners, you can find out more about 4505 Meats at www.4505meats.com or connect with them on Instagram at 4505 Meats. Ryan also has a number of YouTube videos showing his butchery skills and culinary prowess with proteins. But my favorite is his 2015 TEDx talk, Seeing What's Right in Front of You, where he talks about his personal career journey and realizing his culinary dreams.
If you're more of a reader, Ryan has authored two awesome books, as we've talked about, The Definitive Guide to Sausage Making, and also Whole Beast Butchery. These are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Chronicle Books, and other booksellers. Also, if you haven't yet, check out the company's Amazon.com site or visit your local Sprouts Farmer's Market to give 4505 Meats new Butcher's Snack Sausage Links a try right now. Plus, Butcher's Snacks will be launching nationally in Whole Foods this fall with other major retailer rollouts to follow. If you're hungry for more meat industry business, science, and technology news, you can also head over to meetingplace.com and access our technical article archives to get more meat quality and product innovation expertise, first published in our R&D Matters and other science and technology-focused newsletters. Thanks again, Ryan. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today, and I can't wait for these 4505 Sausage Link snacks to show up in Portland. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.